Hi, it's Mark Bittman, and welcome to Food. As always, you can email us at food at markbittman.com. This week, more importantly, you can find our new website at markbittman.com or at bittmanproject.com, where you'll find a bunch of new features on this beautiful new website, including an easily searchable recipe database that will be growing over time and quickly, we hope. Uh, all the recipes on that allow you to go into cook mode, meaning your screen won't go dark when you're cooking from a recipe that's on your computer, and allow you to keep your own private notes within much easier to print than before. We'll be adding more and more features in the weeks and months to come. Next week, there'll be a gift guide with just books, plus our recommendations for the best cookies to make right now. The new site is really gorgeous. I encourage you to Check it out and subscribe to The Bitman Project as well as to this podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. A while back, we had our friend Liz Carlisle on the podcast to talk about her book, Healing Grounds, which is about a powerful movement happening in farming today where farmers are reconnecting with their roots to fight climate change. It also tells the story of five women of color who are reviving their ancestors' methods of growing food. Two of those people joined us, too. If you hadn't listened, well, you know what I'm going to say. Go find it and listen to it now. Anyway, 
Liz recently introduced me to a friend of hers, Kate Rutherford, who is a real mountain climber. Not a hiker, a mountain climber, a Patagonia ambassador even, who's passionate about food and regenerative agriculture. Kate started an organization called Farm to Crag, which, as she says, began as a simple desire to make it easier for climbers to source local sustainable food on the road and became the realization that climbers can affect real change in our environment, our communities, and our bodies through the joyful act of investing in local, good-for-the-planet farming. You can see why Liz introduced us. Climbing, frankly, scares the shit out of me, and Kate, Bittman that is, and I were so excited to talk to Kate Rutherford about that and about her unique and cool upbringing. She literally commuted by dog sled, as well as her work in the food movement. She's fantastic. Climber or not, you will love this interview. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted. Why don't we start? I mean, your life has been, it sounds to us like your life has been interesting from the start. Can you tell us a little bit about you grew up in Alaska and commuted by dog sled? I mean, you must have great stories from your early years. I wonder if you'd share a little of that. Yeah. So my life as a young person was uniquely linked to food because we were homesteading in rural Alaska near Toke Junction. And we had gotten one of the last homesteading tickets and we built a little cabin from logs off the ridge above this beaver pond. And there was a perennial spring. Um, and so there's just really beautiful freshwater spring there. And it was in a cool part of Alaska where there's lots of wildlife. My folks were biologists and artists and food growers. And so we lived in the cabin in the wintertime and would have to bring all our food in by canoe and <laughs> or fish it out of the river or we would hunt moose and geese. Uh, so we had you know, very limited access to grocery stores or restaurants or any of that all winter long. And, you know, if we wanted to go get, you know, fresh milk out of the jug at the grocery store, we would have to hook up the 12 Huskies to the dog sled and uh, spend a few hours sledding out to the highway so that we could drive to town and and get milk. So, you know, it was powdered milk and um, we'd bake bread every day. And um, we had a root cellar, a proper root cellar, you know, down under the house. And so we have cabbage and carrots and potatoes that would last all winter. And yeah, it was a unique experience. And I think it set me up really well for my life as a climber and thinking about how to prepare food for these expeditions, um, as well as just being comfortable being outside all the time. And, you know, whether it's playing in the snow or harvesting blueberries and cranberries in the fall and just like spending all day long outside sort of regardless of weather it was way more well it was a good contrast to being cooped up inside um chasing my little brother around the wood stove <laughs> that was the center of our 20 by 20 log cabin so unique growing up experience for sure yeah it was not mine wasn't very much like that mine was a little different um how <laughs> how long did you grow up under in that what ages were you? Good question. 
Um, so we lived out at the cabin in the woods until I was about five and went to kindergarten. So I had sort of preschool years. Alaska has these incredible homeschool programs where they'll fly a little plane around and drop books out of the airplane with these long streamers at the end a hot pink survey tape. I remember you would watch them and you'd try to watch where the package fell because it'd fall like into six foot deep snow, you know? So you'd go get all bundled up and go find the new coloring books. And um, yeah, the Alaska Public Library System has an incredible um, resource. But so when I was five, we moved into town and built another super cool log cabin in Toke. And I went to school there until I was 12. And then we moved to civilization. We came down to the lower 48 and I went to middle school and high school on Vashon Island, which is right off Seattle. So still quite a small community, but really awesome access to sort of the culture and food community of the Seattle area. And so I feel like that was a perfect time to, you know, spend my formative years in Alaska, but then have access to some, you know, art and culture in in sort of my middle school and high school years. So all I can think about now is books falling from the sky, but <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> there's not much more to say about that. So before we get into farming, can you tell us about how you got into climbing? Yeah. So my folks had all climbed a little bit in their youth. And so it was a thing one might do. And my stepmother took me climbing for the first time and probably when I was about 12 or 13. And I was so inspired, but didn't have direct access. This island, Bashan, is isolated because you have to take a ferry and all of those things to get to the mountains. So I didn't really get to start climbing until I went away to college in Colorado. And I studied biology and art at the Colorado College in Colorado Springs. And I really went there because I knew that a lot of great climbers had come from that school. And so one of my missions in school was to really learn how to rock climb as well. And from there, I had all these really neat internships in field biology. So I remember really distinctly, I was being paid to go down the Grand Canyon of Colorado to survey bighorn sheep. And it was like the total dream job. And I remember towards the end, I had to write up all my findings and I was slacking on this really cool job to go climbing instead. And so at that point, I had begun working a bit with Patagonia and you know, I realized that my passion was really in climbing and because I couldn't understand why I was discouraged by this incredible biology work and really just wanting to climb instead. So I gave myself permission to do the climbing thing for five years and see where that would take me. And, you know, like 20 years later, I'm still really passionate about climbing and it's still a huge part of my life. So... I think thanks to Patagonia for letting me combine my passion for the environment and environmental science with my climbing and being able to really inspire folks to think about these ecosystems we climb in um, through inspiring climbing stories. So, So that was really a privilege to get to partner with them on that. Well, nice transition since you do have an affiliation 
still have an affiliation with Patagonia. And um, Yves Chouinard, he's big into regenerative agriculture and apparently said to you, or he has said that, he said that the number one thing climbers can do to reverse climate change is to invest in regenerative ag. Can you talk some about what you've thought about the intersection between farming and climbing? Yeah. So for many, many years, I would use this professional climbing soapbox to talk about preserving wilderness. And that was wonderful, but also a bit depressing, depending on the administrative and sort of the ebb and flow of what was happening in in natural resource management. But I was kind of mad at Yvonne when he told me that the number one thing climbers should be doing was investing in local food systems because like I could have been doing that for way longer and it wasn't (laughs) until about five years ago that that really you know (laughs) came through and so but I was also incredibly grateful um we were out fishing together and he um had these new Patagonia provisions mussels that he was trying a new recipe and you know we ate mussels and talked about you know, how humans can really make a big impact on their environment by eating proteins that are really low on the food chain or by, you know, supporting local farms that really are farming the soil and really most intentionally investing in their soil with the byproduct of being this really beautiful food. So I am honored that I've learned so much um, from you on Chenard in the agricultural realm, but also in the storytelling and business realm and how important it is to inspire folks by doing it well. And um, I feel like my job now with Farm to Crag is really to showcase how abundant local sustainable food is in these areas where we climb um, and really have climbers lead by example for the rest of the outdoor industry so that we can inspire everyone who cares about being in the outdoors to think about the biodiversity and intersection between these wild lands where we play and the agricultural land that surrounds these wild places. Um, I think that food is also one of the most joyful ways to begin a conversation. I mean, I imagine you all know that better than anyone, but, you know, all the grandmothers used to say the way to a man's heart is through their stomach. And I think that that's true in every conversation with every human man or woman. But like, if we want to talk about, you know, climate change or rural economies or individual health, bringing people together around beautiful food is a great way to start that conversation. You're here. And I think there's a way that Different people who might not be passionate about reversing climate change, for example, can come into this conversation about how farmers who prioritize healthy soil can really impact individual health in a positive way. And then all of a sudden, we're all working together not only to create better individual health, but also to create a more hospitable planet by pulling carbon out of the atmosphere and storing it in this healthy soil. So I feel like it's an exciting way to broaden the conversation and really welcome everybody in and welcome them to the dinner table. It's great. It's just why we wanted you here. 
(laughs) Sometimes things actually work out. (laughs) Sometimes. A lot of the time. (laughs) So, like you've said, your organization, Farm to Crag, makes it easier for climbers to find, to get access to local sustainable food. But I think a lot of people won't know what the term crag means. So can you just explain? Yes. Because I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel like we need a definition of what crag means on our website at the very top. So a crag is a climbing term for the cliff that we climb on. And I think for sort of the general population that might not climb all the time, crag is kind of this like mystical, rocky outcropping in the woods that, you know, maybe you would see in Lord of the Rings or something like that, like these wild, craggy, um, rocky places that I think once folks know that that's what crag means, they immediately understand and recognize something like that, that that they've seen and and thought was beautiful and might be drawn to. So the crag in Farm to Crag kind of means this wild place for folks that don't climb. And then for climbers, it's this really direct tie to the place that they climb. And so they would bring the things from the farm to the crag and be able to feast on local food at the crag. Can you talk a little about the Farm to Crag map and ways in which other climbers besides you are getting involved in the food movement? Yes, I would love to. The Farm to Crag map was really the first thing that we set out to do. And as a climber, we're always using maps, you know, whether to follow in the footsteps of somebody else or to draw our own map after we've created a new route up a mountain or a crag. But it's a very important part of, you know, traveling across landscapes, whether you're in a canoe or you're running or you're hiking or backpacking or you're climbing, but to be able to find your way is such a cool way to communicate with other people. And so we wanted to break down some of these barriers between climbers who maybe want to eat local and healthy, but don't always know how or where. And so this map has all the like little mom and pop farm stands or locally sourcing restaurants, bakeries, breweries on the map close to these areas that have a lot of climbing or outdoor recreation. And so sometimes when you have a rest day from climbing, you're you're quite tired or, you know, at the end of a big climbing day, like you don't necessarily have the energy to reinvent the wheel and drive around in the dark and try to find fresh eggs for your breakfast in the morning. So um, really just trying to make it simple and easy to find these places no matter where you climb. Climbers haven't always had an amazingly positive relationship with the climber or with the rural economies. There's been some conflict. And um, so it's one of the ways that I feel like climbers can really change that narrative and have a really positive impact on these small communities instead of being sort of an extractive industry. So feeling like there's a little bit of that involved in this map, like how can we put people on the map who really deserve our money? And the climbing community is changing. There's much more affluence now than there was, you know, 20 years ago or 
beyond before I started climbing. And it was just some scrappy ruffians who were really strong. Now there's, you know, all these people who can work remotely that are traveling all over the world to climb. And they're really looking for mentorship on how to live well on the road and how to invest in these positive ways and and make positive change through through local food. So hopefully the map does that. So cool. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. I'm flattered. Oh, it's really cool. Stay tuned for more from me, Kate, and, well, Kate. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. So I did see some of the videos of you and the team cooking, and I saw like the van interior, and the food that you make looks every bit as amazing as the food you can make in a regular kitchen. So, and it also is quite idyllic because it's like in the middle of nowhere in a van. The imagery is really yeah, we have great. to post that. Yeah, it's really cool. I'd love to hear about the most amazing thing that you've made out there. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I'm very flattered that you think it looked tasty. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, yeah, we try our best. There's a lot of quiet time when you are living outdoors. You know, there's not a TV. There's often not any cell reception. So you can't even scroll on Instagram or read the news, which is lovely. And so... 
you know, it feels really relevant to spend your evenings cooking together. And one of my favorite memories, and it's pretty recent, is we went on a climbing trip to Custer State Park to the Needles in South Dakota. And part of the reason we went there, aside from this really beautiful, craggy, you know, Needles climbing area, was because these folks, the Wild Idea Buffalo Ranch is out there just 40 miles away from the climbing. And so we had been really inspired by their work to use bison to regenerate the prairie out there because bison have evolved with the grasses to eat them down and trample them and poop and pee and like mush all that into the soil and then move on and let that grass grow back really robustly. And so I was really inspired by some of Dan O'Brien's books to go on this farm to crag journey in the first place. And so I really wanted to go climbing and check out their ranch. And we brought home some really beautiful bison meat from that home being to like where we were camping out near the needles. And we had a cast iron skillet and some chard and kale and sweet potatoes from the local farmers. And we were out in the middle of this tall grass prairie as the sun's setting, you know, with I think it was skirt steak, one of those really thin cuts of meat. And we just salt and peppered it and, you know, pan fried it really fast, sliced it up kind of thin and made this giant salad with local cheese and roasted sweet potatoes and greens and drank some wine out in the prairie. And it was so simple and so flavorful and fresh and just felt like we were eating the prairie basically it was really a sweet moment for me sounds so great that's my favorite meal (laughs) sounds like heaven um one of my favorite farmer craig stories is in argentina there's this restaurant called la Signera that's been there since roads have been in in el shelten and they would cook for us almost every night we were in town, you know, I spent like seven winters down there. And so developed this really sweet relationship with them. And one of my goals in Patagonia was to climb all seven of the points on the Fitzroy skyline. So similar to the Patagonia logo, there's like seven little peaks that are big and hard to climb. But eventually I climbed all seven of the Fitzroy Peaks, uh, some by new routes, some by old routes. One of them was Yvonne Chenard's, which was neat. Um, and then we climbed Saratore too, which is this other big, scary thing. Um, but the last season I was down there, after I had climbed all the things, I came back to La Signora, this restaurant, and they had changed the menu. And on the menu, there's now an ensalada de Kate. And it was all of my favorite things because I would ask, like, no onions and please add pumpkin and can I have Parmesan cheese on it? And, you know, I was always asking for something special. And so now it's going to make me cry. There's um, a salad named after me to honor (laughs) all the climbing I had done. Um, But it reminds me there's these people that keeps the light on for us when we're out there doing scary stuff and and are worried about us and like want to make sure we come home. And so part of the Farmer Craig idea is like, how do we honor and respect those folks that are actually keeping us alive while we're out in the mountains? Jesus, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm a cry. 
<laughs> I'm but not. It was really special to have that bond, you know, and everybody has that, you know, somebody has fed them in a way that's really special. And so how do we remind folks that that's a really important sort of archetypal part of the human experience that that we need to encourage? Maybe there's a silly question, but it just, it's, I mean, I don't think I've met a real rock climber before. So I have to take, you know, you're, you really are one of these people who's out there with carabiners and ropes and all of that stuff. You know, there's pictures of you hanging off walls hundreds of feet from the ground. And it's, yeah, it's incredible stuff. I just wonder if there's a favorite moment or a favorite climb that I hate favorite questions myself, but maybe you <laughs> don't. If there's just something you want to single out, not food-wise, but climbing-wise, in your experience that just was especially remarkable. I have so many. There's so many good beautiful things to climb on this planet. I climbed Half Dome in Yosemite when I was pretty young, really. Um, my dad and I, my whole family had gone to Yosemite. My aunt was a doctor there. And we went in the winter when I was about 12. And it was so sparkly and beautiful and snowy all over the valley floor. And Half Dome was so iconic in the skyline. and. I remember my dad saying, now that is the most beautiful rock in the world. Like, hands down, look at that thing. It's so stunning. And it would always stuck with me. And a lot of the climbs I do are really based on being beautiful and inspiring because it takes a lot of effort. So you need a reason to go up there, right? You kind of want to get to the top. Um, <laughs> and so I really love climbing things that are spectacular. Because I feel like then I get inserted into this beautiful part of the landscape and it's my way of really interacting with these wild places. And so my friend Madeline Sorkin and I were the first team of women to free climb Half Dome, which is um, a complicated thing if you don't know that much about climbing. But we use ropes and cams to protect ourselves if we fall. But in free climbing, it means you only use your hands and feet to make upward progress. You don't use the rope or pull on the equipment to make upward progress. And that's different than free soloing, which has become popularized by Hollywood and Alex Honnold, bless his heart. Um, <laughs> but they don't use ropes, which is much more dangerous. And so I really prefer to use ropes. And But it's a similar kind of climbing where you're just using your own body to get up the rock. And it was such a hard thing at the time for Madeline and I to, to do this. We fell off a couple of times. We had to pull the rope and try again. And it took, it was a process, but we got to sleep halfway up on this really beautiful ledge, big sandy ledge. And I remember waking up in the morning and it was really, really cold. And we tried to climb and our fingers were just like little ice cubes. And so we wait until the sun came around for us to warm up and actually be able to climb. And so we were just sitting there, like dangling our feet over the edge, waiting and waiting and waiting. But at the same time, we got to watch the sun, you know, creep down the wall in this really neat way and watch the light slowly come and warm up the rock and illuminate us finally. And, you know, I think that was a memory I'll never forget where, you know, you're at the mercy of the environment and nature and just really 
entwined with that and your our upward progress was really only allowed by the sun rising so that was a sweet that was a pretty sweet climb yeah and i'll bet pretty photogenic too it was photogenic indeed this felt like i was being read to like read a story too so like just talking to you has been so picturesque no it's really nice it just your life is just so different from mine and i'm in awe of you really <laughs> that's no. really cool I'm flattered. Thank you. On that note, I feel like because my life is rare and unique, it can be hard to see how to connect or or just feel like, oh, that's Kate's thing. You know, that I don't do any of that. That, that doesn't. <laughs> Um, Which Kate are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) That's Kate Rutherford's thing. Uh, (laughs) That doesn't relate to me. But I think, you know, I would challenge, there's some elegant way to say this and it's eluding me, but I would challenge folks that don't climb or climbers that think what I do is out of reach to reassess and think about bringing this connection to the landscape in your life in whatever way makes Mm. sense whether it's just walking to a cliff or a mountain and and seeing the sunset at that location um and just being inspired by the awe and beauty and then you know the other way like i would challenge climbers to think about going to the farmer's market next time you're going on a climbing trip and talking to the farmers about what's in season and what their favorite flavors are right now and if you don't know how to prepare something like a parsnip or a turnip you know asking the farmers for their advice or reaching out to your favorite chef for their advice and really just bringing that home to whomever your climbing partner is or your family or you know your next dinner party and trying to really make local seasonal food uh, a priority and making it fun such great work one more question, Kate. What did you have for dinner last night? Oof. <laughs> I went out to dinner last night. I had shrimp tacos. They were actually pretty tasty. I'm not sure it was the best dinner I've ever had, but it was <laughs> delight. We were with really fun Patagonia work folks um, and celebrating this big project that we did. So it was nice to be together and have some laughs and some tasty food by the beach. So, Where are you? Right now, I'm in Ventura at the Patagonia headquarters. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So I've gotten roped into helping build product over here at Patagonia as well. So mm. I um, wear a lot of hats these days. Oh, that's cool. I am learning so much from all of my different hats. It's really mind-expanding and a little overwhelming, but... It's pretty delightful that they still support me in doing the farm to crag work, even though um, I also have product work to do. So it's it's a good deal. Well, you're awesome. Kate, anything else? I cannot wait to meet you in person. Well, come on out to California anytime. We have lots of rocks, lots of beautiful food, and uh, I won't scare you, I promise. He's already scared. Yeah, another lifetime for me, I think. All right, Rutherford, thank you. Thank you, Kate. 
Thank you both. Bye. Have a great day. That was just so much fun. I think Kate Rutherford is going to take Kate Bittman climbing. I'm going to stay home and cook for them. I hope you enjoyed it. Follow Kate Rutherford on Instagram at Kate Rutherford and at farm to crag and check out farm to crag at farm to crag.org. Thanks to Kate Bittman, our producer and co-host. Thanks as always to Davis Lloyd, our engineer. Thank you for listening. Remember, check out the new markbitman.com website and tune in again next week when we'll have somebody awesome. Thanks again.